This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast. I'm your host, Arum. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Let's start the show. This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast, and I'm really excited to bring you today's guest, Mr. Greg Cohen. He's a co-founder of an exciting new startup called Asoko Insights. And Asoko Insight is Africa's leading online corporate data platform, delivering the best private company information to executives and investors looking to identify leads, research investment opportunities, or monitor corporate developments. Uh, Greg, I've given just a very brief overview about you and your company, but can you take time to fill in the gaps there? Absolutely, Arum. I, I appreciate that. Um, very nice introduction. I'm really happy to be here and, and looking forward to, uh, to engaging with your listeners. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Soko, I think you, you said it well. Uh, we've been around for about two years now. Um, and the, the core goal really is to institutionalize online access to company information across Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's really difficult to get that information, especially on private companies, which is our true focus. Yeah. Um, and whether it's investors or multinationals that are that are trying to get that information, they invest a lot of money in sending out agents and to um, developing networks and um, going in a variety of roundabout ways to to collect necessary information before they make their business decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're trying to do is 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 by no means um, innovative or revolutionary. We're taking uh, tested and, and proven methods in, in other markets, um, particularly the developed markets, um, for 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 collecting company information and and bringing it to Africa. Yeah. Um, so. We're just we're excited to leverage the new technology that's around uh, right now, and to work with a variety of of really smart um, local Africans in, in in the different markets that we're in currently, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, and Ghana, mm-hmm. um, who help us meet with companies and and get that information. Um, mm-hmm. So so that's what Asoko is up to. Nice, nice. That's that sounds really exciting. Um, uh, just from briefly talking with you in the past, I can tell that there's a lot sort of a lot of uh, excitement surrounding Ahsoka right now. Um, but can you just tell me a little bit about how you uh, realized that you could be the person to solve this problem in Africa? Because I think it's something that a lot of people have seen as a problem. But so what sort of like unique skills do you have to, to tackle that issue? Sure. So, you know, it's um, th- this comes down to having good partners uh, and and kind of the core of, of, of building a startup, uh, you know, more, more generally. I think, as you said, we've come across a number of people that have had this idea or something quite similar. Um, yeah. But it's all about execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, my co-founder and I, when we, when we first put this, this together, um, we had complementary skill sets. Um, we've both been working in market research in Africa for a number of years, mm-hmm. understood um, where the gaps were when it came for um, what both local and international businessmen were were were, were interested in, yeah. and um, with the confidence that we kind of got off of each other, we were able to really drop everything and and go through with this. Um, yeah. I, I know a number of other entrepreneurs who are, are trying to build businesses on the side of what they're doing, which uh, perhaps sometimes in the beginning it's it's necessary. It's a big step to quit your day job. Yeah. Um, but I think what really made us um, able to to do this over the past few years and so far uh, in a successful way has been the confidence that we've had in each other and the team that we built to stop everything else we were doing, really hit the need 
understand the need and then go after the need with with everything we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably at the core of how we've been able to, uh, you know, raise money and then um, bring in more investors and get clients. So yeah. those would be the measures of, of success at this early stage for us. Okay. And you spoke a little bit about the importance uh, and the significance of moving from your nine to five and focusing solely on this. So can you talk a little bit about that transition and at what point you knew that you could uh, leave that and start this full time? Yeah, sure. So so I was working uh, with my co-founder. His name's Rob Whittigan, uh, who's Dutch. And I'm, I'm American, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we were both in Nigeria. Um, and we were working with a number of different um, international research firms. Uh, mm-hmm. At this time, it was a firm called Oxford Business Group. Okay. Um, and we, you know, we we both, you know, we were we were, we're very interested, passionate about um, market research and and the emerging markets and in, in Africa in particular. Um, however, it was just really seeing where a gap was and having that entrepreneurial spirit um, yeah. to make us decide, you know what, this is something that we really need to pursue. Um, we, you know, we looked around the market and saw that there were a lot of a lot of firms, a lot of outfits that were focusing on macroeconomic research, sector research, mm-hmm. um, and and public company research, so stock exchange information, which is still in a rather nascent state, but yeah. but but it was there. There's a lot of com- competition in that space. Mm. Um, but what there really wasn't anything on was was strong, reliable, aggregated data on private companies. Yeah. Um, and there was this continual demand. From um, prospective clients at that time, of you know, thanks for this report, but I really want to know who the key suppliers that I need to get in touch with are. How how can I figure that out? Mm-hmm. And it was difficult to answer that question, uh, other than just knowing through your own networks and, and knowledge of the local markets uh, of who the players are. Yeah. But but having that information online, accessible, cheap, um, was not as has has not happened. Mm. Um, so I think that was a very convince compelling. Um, argument that was made to us by prospective clients mm-hmm. that um, let's take the leap. Um, we were inspired by by other firms that have done this quite well in mm-hmm. other markets, um, mainly a firm called Zawiya uh, that, mm-hmm. that did this in the Middle East um, in the mid 2000s and and became one of the go to platforms to get private company information in the MENA region. Yeah. Um, and we were familiar with that from from doing some work in in the Middle East, and um, figured that you know this is this would be a fantastic tool given given the excitement around around the Africa rising story, mm-hmm. um, and even in the Africa you know even in, with the headwinds in place, all the more reason that proper due diligence is is necessary. So yeah, yeah. so that's kind of uh, what made us decide. So you know what, um, let's stop what we were doing and and really and really take this on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, I think that's that's what it came down to. Okay, wow, it's it's a very interesting story. Uh, just to see the progression of how you sort of figured out uh, where to move towards. Um, and starting out, did you raise capital from the get go, or was this bootstrapped initially? Initially, was bootstrapped. Okay. Um, we were we were in the fortunate position to have worked for a number of years um, in uh, in the space. Mm-hmm. So we were able to to accumulate some capital on our own and be quite familiar with what was happening in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start off, and I think this is uh, it's always the most difficult time for for entrepreneurs because yeah. there's always this que- this this thought that you know I, I, I there's some 
pot of money out there that if they only heard my idea, I'll get an investment and I'll get it started. But it's difficult. It's a, it's yeah. a long slog. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to put our own resources into it. And you have to prove the concept a bit before you can really get that external capital. Yeah. Um, it took us about um, a year before we can really um, get some a- our first angels to come on board. Hmm. Hmm. And how did, you, how did you go about finding those angels at that time? So, uh, so that year incorporated a lot of hard work. Um, we put together full pitch decks, business plans. Um, we, we had some friends in the financial community to help us create projections um, mm. based off of you know, benchmarking what similar companies have done uh, in other parts of the world. And with that, you're able to create you know, um, a solid framework foundation for this idea, actually um, how it will materialize. Mm-hmm. Um, with that information, we were able to use our networks in the Africa investment space to, to shop this around. Yeah. And um, fortunately, we were able to, uh, to bring on board a few, um, a few investors who um, saw the value, saw the promise in, in what we were doing, and yeah. put in a little bit of money. And mm-hmm. um, with that little bit of money, we were able to hire a few people um, mm-hmm. in those three markets that I mentioned, in, in Kenya, Nigeria, and Ghana. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, uh, you know, put together kind of the first prototypes of what we were looking at. Yeah. Uh, and from there, it's just very iterative, step-by-step process of getting it to the point that now you can actually go to a, a VC mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and showcase this uh, yeah. at a high level. And uh, that's kind of the, the process that we went through. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, having to put together a pitch deck, a slide deck, all of that stuff. Um, but how much had Asoko grown? Uh, essentially, what stage was Asoko at before you went out and sh- went out shopping for those angel investors? So I think with any company, uh, something that is really important to, to keep in mind, at least this, is, this would be a recommendation that, that I would have, um, particularly if you're developing a product, um, it's going to be some time before you can actually sell a, um, you know, a digestible, uh, tangible product that mm-hmm. would be, you know, um, something that's scalable and easy to access online. I mean, this is obviously very much biased in, in, in what we're building. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you, you do a lot of ad hoc, freelance, uh, bespoke work uh, in the beginning with, with, cl- with your potential clients to learn how you can mold your product and how you can evolve it, um, you know, for for when you you finally get to that stage, um, mm-hmm. when you uh, when you when it comes to product development, you've you've had a bit of a history of dealing with several high value uh, clients in a bespoke way, kind of as a consultant mm-hmm. um, to understand their needs in a deep in a in a deep manner. Um, so we were able to bring on a few clients early on. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, in, again, in this, in this bespoke way, um, we, we worked with them on a, on a day to day basis. We learned what their needs were. Um, we, um, we were, we were then able to, um, have a rather robust, um, understanding of, uh, what are corporate data requirements for these, for, for multinational firms. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that helped us shape the way we've built, built our product, um, Which came, which came in a subsequent, um, a subsequent manner. You, everybody has these ideas, and you want to have a big bang, 
solution and a big bang product, but um, the, the what 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 happens in reality is that you work um, with potential clients in a in an intimate way, and yeah. then you move to your to your product um, after you get some really quality feedback. Mm. Hmm. That's good. And you touched a little bit about uh, a little bit on this, but how steep was that learning curve initially? Because I I know you worked in the Africa space for a little bit, but sort of starting your business and then trying to figure out what the market actually needs could be quite demanding. So, I mean, how would you describe that? That it is. It's um. It's a it's a big undertaking. Um. And you know, part of that part of that year that we went um. Uh, before we were able to raise, um, you know, we were we were we were able to bring a, a venture capitalist on board. Mm-hmm. Um, was doing a lot of market research, mm-hmm. and uh, you, there's no there's no way around it. Um, you have to bootstrap. You have to talk. You have to get out there, talk to talk to your different clients, talk to who would mm-hmm. be your early adopters, who would be your late stage clients. We talked to private equity firms, which we anticipate being our highest value client segment. But it won't be for for a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, we need to develop our product a bit more before we get to that le- that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also talk to exporters, mid cap companies that were looking to sell their their goods to to Nigeria and mm-hmm. needed to just know who the right importers were. Um, we talked to banks um, who wanted a little bit more information uh, about companies before making um, you know b- before providing loan facilities. Um, law firms, professional services firms, everybody had their own take on how they would want to use corporate data. Yeah. And um, you, you have to let it snowball, collect as much information as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, use your networks, use your friends, um, and, and, and put together, you know, put, once you can compile that data and put it into your deck, uh, it'll become very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, uh, briefly about how you're essentially uh, building for private equity firms, but not quite at that stage yet. So uh, who is using the platform right now? So yeah, right now, what's been really interesting, and this is this was great learning experience, just who, who, who's going to consume this data um, at different stages. And in the yeah. earliest stage, uh, it's really the business development community that has okay. had the biggest uptake. Yeah. Um, so we've had clients that um, are interested in mining. Um, we've had clients that are interested in construction, manufacturing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's important for them to understand the competitive landscape um, for the yeah. industries that they're operating in. Mm-hmm. Um, they they, um, you know, they, they want to know who are the key suppliers, who are the key distributors, um, who is most reputable, um, what you know? What's there? What's the contact information? It's quite it, you know quite on the simple side. Mm-hmm. Um, high high value, um, high impact, but uh, a bit it's more low cost for us because we don't have to compile as much financial information for those types of requirements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that we're constantly doing. Um, in preparation for when we go to the investment community, yeah. um, which re- which requires a bit more sophisticated due diligence, hmm. um, which is something that's obviously very front and center in our in our minds for preparing this product for, uh, but it takes a bit of building before we're, we're, we we jump right into it. Okay, and 
you can be as general or um, sort of as specific as you want with this, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the pro- uh, the progression of your traction uh, from sort of inception to today? Sure. So um, we we started off with you know several um, several clients that we again we worked in a somewhat of a consultancy capacity to really get an understanding for um, the the depth and breadth of information that's that's really important in this type of a product. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were you know we were su- we were successful in being able to um, work with a few clients and learn a lot. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, we were able to illustrate proof of concept and bring in some investment in order to really build up to productize what we were doing and to build a platform. Yeah. Um, once the platform was in place, we were able to actually um, have users come on to the system uh, and and scale a bit more. Yeah. So um, we see we now see clients without having a direct interaction with myself or or um, any of my partners come onto the system, search for a company that they're interested in, uh, and purchase a profile uh, as if it were an e- you know as 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 it is an e-commerce type system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so the ability to go from that more ad hoc approach to a more scalable approach has been the most important progression and a progression that we'll continue to follow mm. uh, as we go forward. There's always m- new ways to scale and and ways to make things more efficient and more digestible and listening to what your clients want and incorporating that into your into your product. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's been that's been the the key transformation of um, uh, going from a few to to many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though it's lower cost, it's scalability. That's mm. the uh, that's mm. the key thing. Mm. Interesting, interesting. I think that was a uh, sort of good insight for us. And um, so before we jump to the uh, to the next section, I want to ask: since you went through a pretty a pretty nice um, uh, funding round. At least I think it was pretty nice. I'm sure you guys hit your target. You seem pretty enthused about it when I uh, spoke to you a while back. But I mean, how do you figure out how much of the business you're actually going to give up? Can you give the bandits a little advice for those who are going through um, sort of that stage of their business right now? Yeah, um, that's a, that's always a big question for entrepreneurs, yeah. and and uh, most are, are quite guarded. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing here is to is to have optionality, um, which is sometimes difficult. Mm. Um, obviously, you have to have a um, a really solid uh, idea that you have multiple uh, parties that are interested in, in, in investing and working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that optionality is probably um, the best fortune that you can have because mm. you're able to compare. Um, you're able to compare options and and let that feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, to, I'm the kind of guy that's um, you know <laughs> I'd rather have three uh, percent of um, you know I'd rather I'd rather have three uh, percent of of a million than than zero percent of, of of a billion. Mm. Uh, so mm. I I I think it's a really good lesson for entrepreneurs that um, you know if if the if the investor is somebody who can truly add value to the business mm-hmm. um and you and your partners agree that this is something a partner that uh you're you're able to work with and let this grow with you um be very open minded 
um, understand that 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 expertise um, and and the ability to help your business grow is necessary. Mm. Uh, there's no way around it. Mm. Um, so yes, it will get you know it gets you get into a negotiation and, um, and, and investors always are trying to get the best deal that they can. Yeah. Um, but but be open minded. Um, mm-hmm. Ask ask as many you know ask a lot of people in your networks who are familiar with this process mm-hmm. um, and. And yeah, and I think um, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, uh, allowing the value, allowing your business to flourish, requires you to give up um, a little part of it in many yeah. in many instances. And if and if you uh, if you have a unicorn, then power to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, in in most instances, certainly in ours, we had a good idea. Yeah. It requires capital in mm-hmm. order for it to work. Um, I'm happy to give up a part of the business as long as. Um, the investor coming in is somebody who I can I can trust and work with, mm-hmm. um, in order to allow my idea to come to fruition. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. Um, other than that, it, you know, it gets down to percentages. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. every entrepreneur kind of has their own their own theories about uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. And I I just want to uh, sort of reiterate. Um, Greg was talking about finding the right investor. So sometimes it may be better. It may be in your best interest to take a little less money with an investor who is adding tremendous value that others can't. I mean, I think that's really important and that's sort of what you were getting at. Yeah, that's actually something that was, was true to us. That specific um, scenario happened to us. We had an investor who was looking to put in even more money, yeah. um, which sounded really nice to us. Obviously, you're, you're young entrepreneurs, um, somebody coming at you with with a lot of money is very mm-hmm. exciting, um, but they wanted a bigger stake in mm-hmm. the business, um, mm-hmm. and it was a, a very difficult decision for us because it was a bit more than we anticipated giving up. Yeah, and uh, fortunately, that optionality came into play when another mm-hmm. another party uh, entered the picture, mm-hmm. um, who less money, you know, less equity, um, but enough that we felt it could help the business grow. Um, so it was okay to, to to not you know to not have as much money. Hmm. Um, and we were comfortable because we weren't giving up as much equity, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very valid point, uh, room. Yeah, and I mean this this all sounds like really exciting stuff. I'm sure you guys are are <laughs> sort of have your plate full right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is it's it's really exciting. Uh, it's overwhelming. Um, it's stressful, but uh, it's an adventure that I think is is I, I don't know you know there's not there's not much else I'd rather do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, now is it, it's been a crash course in management, in operations, in HR, in PR, in sales. Yeah. I mean, um, being running your own business is uh, is a, is a for for those that are that are interested, for those entrepreneurs that are that are just looking to uh, to pursue this type of work. Um, it's it's the best school in the world. Hmm. Uh, there's there's no other way around it. Uh, from all the the other jobs that I've had. Um, you have a very narrow view of of um, the task at hand. You you have a particular role. You have a boss. You have, and everybody has this. I mean, I've I had it for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, once you're running your own business, the responsibility is all on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you need to build every every segment of your business. Um, is you have to hire the right way. You have to you have to oversee it the right way. Yeah. Uh, you have to delegate the right way. Trust. I mean, all these things become uh, on your shoulders. Yeah. 
so um, that's been that's been the the wild ride, and and it's been uh, it's been the fun. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm really enjoying picking your brain right now. Uh, you talked about <laughs> hiring right, so I know you have a bunch of analysts uh, on the continent working. How did you figure out that you needed those specific people? And also, uh, you guys recently hired a COO. So uh, how did you go about that process? Also, sure. So. Um, our analysts, so yeah, our analysts are the the core of our team. That's how we get our data, which makes our company what it is. Mm. Um, and our strategy was to essentially partner with the top business programs uh, in each of the countries that we're operating in. And mm. so far, it's worked out quite well. Um, in um, in Kenya, for example, I spent some time talking with um, both Strath- Strathmore University. Um, and uh, USIU, uh, the United States International University, okay. um, met with a lot of uh, graduate students in um, in business and finance and applied economics, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to really choose from a number of you know really smart guys and girls um, that were really eager to to get into an interesting business like ours was, mm. um, and uh, fortunately we. Um, we were able to to hire. Um, same in Ghana, same in Nigeria, mm. and it, the the strategy thus far has um, has worked. Um, we you know we we have our research analyst on a day to day, going out meeting with companies, calling companies, emailing companies, maintaining mm. uh, you know refreshing the data from in our database. Yeah. Um, and what's really important, and this is where where I mean, going on a bit of a tangent. The um, the Africa context is really important vis-a-vis similar products in other parts of the world. Relationships is so important mm. um, in in the countries that we're operating in. You you can't do what we're doing purely through technology. Um, you need to have trust with with companies, with executives, with management teams. And the one thing that Asoko really wants to monopolize is we are the firm that has the most relationships with the most private companies. Mm. Um, and that's something that in, in competing, not, not competing, but similar products um, in other parts of the world are able to do it through purely tapping into um, corporate databases and country um, corporate registries without actually having communicated with the actual companies that they're, um, relaying information on, mm. um, which is great because that's that's ultimate scalability. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we need to refine that when it comes to um, the African continent. That's why that's why you haven't seen something like this thus far because mm-hmm. it's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so our analysts are really taking up that challenge and yeah. um, scaling it through, uh, and sc- you know, scaling becomes difficult because it, yeah. it requires a lot of on the ground work. Mm-hmm. Um, but our goal really is to hit that critical mass of data. Yeah, and then create a pull factor similar mm-hmm. to LinkedIn, whereby okay. you know companies see the the benefits of being listed on this platform and that it it, it markets them for free at an international level, yeah. um, which helps investors notice them, which helps clients notice them. Um, so that's what we're building towards. Yeah, mm. um, on our COO, um, our COO is the former MD of Lamudi, uh, Nigeria, yeah. which is one of the larger real estate portals. Um, mm. In, now coming into the continent, it's a it's an Africa Internet Group uh, company, yeah. and um, 
Ob Ob led them up in in, in out of Lagos. Mm-hmm. Um, Ob's great. He he had a similar idea for Asoko way back when, yeah. uh, and was always very interested in in doing this type of thing. Helped build the Reuters Icon product, which is another company mm-hmm. data platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we met, uh, this just became a listen, guys. Uh, I'm in. Let me know when uh, <laughs> when yeah. you guys are able to 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 uh, to afford me. And mm-hmm. uh, once that ca- once that happened, we 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 grabbed them. Hmm. Um, so uh, so wow. Obi's an essential part of the team. Yeah. Nice, nice. And you mentioned something that I think every other person I've interviewed so far has said is about doing business in Africa and not just Africa anywhere is about relationships. Um, I think that's very crucial and very critical to understand. You can't just go in and expect to see a wild amount of success overnight. You have to (laughs) put in the time in building those relationships. Big time, big time. And I think that's a big theme right now, especially as, as times are, you know, the headlines are tough right now in Africa, the, the most successful players, and this has become cliche at this point, but just to reiterate Mm. are those that have a long-term view. Um, yeah. the ability to, uh, to go in, um, you know, particularly the, the high growth market, a market like Nigeria, mm. uh, an understanding of the environment, the, an ability to network, uh, building deep relationships is the only way that you can truly get value out of doing business there or else, um, it's, it's, it's too complicated of an environment, uh, to, to fully understand. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of regulatory issues uh, now with oil the way it is, um, monetary policy, uh, have you know currency convertibility. Um, it's 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 a difficult market to navigate. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> like many conversations, they become Nigeria centric. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, this is the case around a number of growth markets uh, yeah. in, in yeah. Africa, and uh, I think the most successful investors are those going in today, acquiring firms taking long-term plays, going into real estate, um, really laying down, you know, the, uh, a framework that, that has a, a long-term view, um, in mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you mentioned Nigeria, so I'm just going to continue on that line, on that path. <laughs> sure. but, uh, just very, very briefly, um, how has sort of the reshuffling of, of Nigeria and sort of the devaluation of the currency, how has that affected you guys and how are you working around that? Um, for, so for us, the the currency issue hasn't been as as huge of a of a concern. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of businesses, it is obviously yeah. for most, mm-hmm. um, and a number of research firms that are focused more on the macro side. This is this is the key thing that's being focused on right mm-hmm. now. Uh, for us, we're we're really in um um in a rollout. You know, we're we're scaling up significantly. We're we're finding mm-hmm. the right data sources. We're partnering with the right local institutions. Um, where we get feedback from companies locally that are having that are affected by by the currency issues, but that's mm-hmm. just data that we capture in our profiles. Okay, um, but it actually hasn't had a a huge hindrance on our on our business model as mm-hmm. of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, for for us, it's it's more about um, you know. So our model, kind of to go a bit deeper into it, is to partner with the key local institutions. So that's okay. chambers of commerce, private sector associations, mm. corporate registries, when possible, um, and getting basic data from these types of institutions uh, on the key private companies that go under their umbrella, and then with that institution support, going out and and speaking to the companies directly. Mm. So kind of a, a funnel system. Mm. Um, and that's in our early stages what we're focused on. Yeah. Um, 
so in you know in, in Kenya, um, Kenya is the best case study because they have a great institution called KEPSA, the Kenya mm-hmm. Private mm-hmm. Sector Alliance. I know many many people at the CCA is is quite familiar with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, KEPSA represents each of the top. Um, local institutions, uh, sector-focused institutions, so the Manufacturers Association, the Bankers Association, property developers, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, we get in touch with each of these sub-associations and um, have developed partnerships with them and then under, are able to understand some of the key companies that are in each of these associations. Yeah. And from there, really um, snowball and learn about these companies um, competitors and clients and, and really get to map the private sector in that sense. Mm. So this has been our focus yeah. right now. So the, the macro issues, really, uh, we're, we're kind of insulated mm. um, because it's very much focused on operations to, to collect data more than, uh, you know, how do we get currency out of the country, which a lot of companies yeah. are yeah. having a problem with mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, uh, so it it sort of seems like you guys are in a pretty a pretty nice space, especially right now with all of what's going on economically. Um, and we hope so. It's it's so it seems. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 awesome. Uh, so we're gonna switch gears a little bit and get to know you as an entrepreneur a little bit more. So, all right. what fires you up in the morning? What's your morning routine, and why is that routine so important? Interesting. So. You know, we have a, a bit of a unique uh, business in the sense because it's very um, international. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I've, I've been spending a lot of time in London where we have a management office um, with our tech team and with, mm-hmm. our, um, with my co-founder. Um, but we also spend a lot of time on the ground. And I'm now in New York where I'll be spending more time uh, mm. doing business development in, in the U.S. Okay. So, so the morning changes a lot. A lot of times it's in an airport or an airplane uh, or it's in Nairobi <laughs> or, <laughs> or London or New York. Yeah. Um, but, you know, typically um, it's get <laughs> – and this is for better or worse, mm-hmm. but it's get on the computer, go through your to-do lists and mm. stay up to date. Um, I would say that's just that's just the truth of what I do. <laughs> For better or worse, I yeah. I don't even get out of my room. I get on the computer and start going through all of the to dos that that are that have piled up. Hmm. Um, t- time is a uh, time zones is an issue. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> being sure. in New York when I wake up, there's uh, <laughs> 150 emails. Or if I'm in Kenya, there's zero emails. But yeah. at night, it gets really busy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it changes in that sense, but mm-hmm. um, I think the core the core thing to your question is um, I wish my answer was I get up at five, I go to the gym, <laughs> I, you know. But <laughs> but to be honest, it's get on that computer, go through the to do list, do emails, mm-hmm. go through your agenda, ensure that uh, the agenda looks solid for the day, confirm meetings or mm-hmm. uh, or, or or Skype conversations, yeah. and uh, and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. And you mentioned. Uh, I think three times to be exact about checking your to-do list. So can you sort of talk about the importance of that as opposed to sort of just going through your day and keeping in your mind what you need to do? Sure. So one of the things that has been good to learn throughout this, this process of, of, uh, of developing a business is organization. Um, yeah. Something that I really, I, I learned as I did it. It was mm-hmm. something I wasn't as, as good at before mm-hmm. this, this started, but you, you learn by necessity. Yeah. Um, so the way that it works for me is I, um, I, you know, I have my notepad, I have my, 
I'm on a Mac. I have a I have a Notepad. There's a few different systems that you can use, whether it's through Google Drive or there's a, a variety of of cool new um, uh, organizational tools, mm-hmm. Slack and um, a few others that that you know you can use to organize yourself. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it comes down to the core of, of having a list of to dos, um, grooming that constantly. Mm-hmm. I would say once or twice a day, um, going through your list and reprioritizing. Um, yeah. What should go in the bottom, the middle, and the top, mm-hmm. uh, and then you you cross them off as you do them, and mm. this becomes just a fluid, up to date list that highlights, you know, the key the key items that you have to do and the ones that you should have in mind but aren't as much of a necessity in the moment, mm. um, and uh, yeah, and that's that's how I organize myself. Nice, nice. Um, I I think that's also a very common theme we see amongst entrepreneurs is they have to be organized and almost everyone I've spoken with talks about creating a list in the morning so it keeps them organized and accountable throughout the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And also a, a big part of being an entrepreneur is being able to generate revenue. So can you talk about what ways you bring in income right now? Through the, through the business. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I've I've talked about it a bit. Um, there's a few clients that um, that we're working with um, for on like premium research products, mm. uh, and then there's the clients that we have that are consuming our um, our one-off profiles or bundles of profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been able to just you know gradually grow out our client base by building the brand. Um, Getting a lot of client feedback, refining mm-hmm. it, testing it, A/B testing, um, and uh, from there, just slowly but surely bringing in uh, a few clients here and there. Mm-hmm. One of the more recent investments we've we've made, we we hired a, a business development associate um, to help us kind of scale our outreach and our marketing um, okay. to, to bring in new clients. So that's you know we, we we finally hit the stage where we were ready to make a an investment in that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's um, it's really getting a lot of feedback, uh, testing, and um, and pitching yourself. I mean, you really have to put yourself out there. Mm. That's uh, that's what it comes down to. There's no silver bullet. It's it's making the calls, leveraging the networks, getting in with that client, pitching mm. that client, and mm. uh, and getting some kind of pilot pilot clients to work with. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that that I think segues pretty pretty perfectly into the next section, which is uh, talking about one of the hardest moments that you've had as an entrepreneur so far. Um, You've talked about pitching. And one thing we always know is that uh, the more you pitch, the more rejections you you sort of receive. So can you take us to one point in particular where you look back and you're like, that was a tough moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, certainly the hardest part of this was, and there's a lot of hard parts, but the hardest was fundraising. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of, of persistence and staying confident, knowing, you know, believing in your idea while simultaneously knowing the vulnerabilities of your idea. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a number of entrepreneurs that I've met, their biggest issue is thinking they have the be all end all product that is perfect Mm -hmm. and their idea is invincible. Um, and that, that makes them uh, closed to, to feedback. And investors are smart people. They <laughs> they invest in you because they want want to make a return. They want to be part of a, a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, th- their feedback is 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 really important. And mm-hmm. we've taken we've taken that feedback um, um, and and really used it to help build our product. Yeah. Um, 
and I think that's something an investor wants to see, mm. is the ability for entrepreneurs to listen. Mm. Um, if, if, you're a, you know, if you're a strong entrepreneur, it will, it will show. They'll, they'll know that your idea is, is interesting. They'll, they'll be able to see that you're confident and smart and you're able to build a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's not always clearly visible is your ability to listen and uh, mm. to take advice to to work with others how you are with a team i mean these are these are really important attributes that i think investors whether directly or uh, whether it's implicit or explicit are are assessing mm-hmm. um, and i think that's one of the the qualities that made my my partner and i su- uh, successful in that fundraise was we had a good idea but it had some flaws mm-hmm. and we were able to learn about those flaws and fill those holes, you know, the, we, we, we filled the gaps mm-hmm. until we had a product that um, multiple investors became interested in. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, but we sent, back to your, to your question, we mm-hmm. sent out um, a number of, we sent our pitch deck to pretty any, every African investor. Um, yeah. I shouldn't say African investor, any investor in the Africa fintech data space. Okay. Um, both, you know, whether they were based in in Europe, in East Africa, in West Africa, in the United States, um, got a lot of rejections, um, and you know, ended up being a few that that liked it. Mm. Um, and now, uh, you know, now you can look back and, and laugh a little bit for, on that. Mm. I I recently saw that um, one of the the co-founders of Airbnb. Um, Put up a, a, a published a number of the emails that he received when they were first fundraising. Yeah, him, just yeah. everyone rejecting him. Mm. <laughs> How nice it is to look back in that and and see which investors uh, rejected Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a particular instance, a particular rejection that that hurt more than others, or was it just all of them collectively that sort of just kept on weighing you down? Um. I would say, I, I guess I, can, I couldn't think of one particular one right now, but I'll give a, a theme of some reason. Um, was the the inability to do this in a purely tech focused way mm. uh, was something that would make us unsuccessful. Mm. Um, when you look at some of these other companies around the world that have had similar, you know, corporate due diligence tools, everything is done through algorithms and and technology. Yeah. Um, the that's something that um, is important for us, and we are doing that. We do have a, a it's a tech driven company, but mm-hmm. it's not a tech company. Yeah. Um, we it goes back to the point of of operating in in Africa. Building our brand requires uh, a lot of relationship building, a lot of networking, a lot of bootstrapping, and that's that's part of that's part of our value proposition, mm-hmm. and it's something that we believe in. We don't see it as a as a as an inhibitor, as a problem. It's a, it's a it's a challenge. It's something that we need to figure out how to execute in the in the best, most efficient way. Yeah. Um, but but it's part of it's part of the company's DNA. It's part of our our fabric of what will make this um, a really useful. Not only do these guys just aggregate data on African companies, mm-hmm. but we talk with these companies. We have a yeah. relationship with these companies. Mm-hmm. And um, if you have follow up questions, we know how to get in contact. I mean, it's um, it's it's something that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, so, well. That that was my defense. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 really good. I think I think you're you're detailed detailed enough for us. <laughs> yeah. Good. And so, what is uh, one or two challenges that you faced that you didn't anticipate facing when you first started Asoko? Um, 
challenges first started. Um, fundraising was the biggest. Mm. That, was, that was something that, that took a lot of time and effort to really, to really get. Um, now it's just managing, um, managing an international team and ensuring that everything is, you know, coming, is, is moving swimmingly. Mm. Um, I think one of the, uh, the envies that we have is the startup sitting in a nice office in Silicon Valley that has a whole team building something and mm -hmm. their whole team is based in that one office. You know, for us, it's, uh, it's a bit more of a challenge. We yeah. have teams in, you know, we have, we have tech teams that are throughout Europe. We have data collection teams that are throughout Africa. Um, we have a, a London and a New York office. Um, all in a very lean, I mean, that sounds very spread out, but, mm -hmm. but we are at the same time operating in a very lean way. Yeah. Um, it's just part and parcel of, of, of this type of business. Um, <clears throat> the data needs to come from the ground, but a lot of the clients come from the Western world. And uh, at some point, uh, we'll, we'll be going to, to the Middle East and, and Asia. Um, so mm. that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's probably the biggest challenge is yeah. getting feedback from the ground, getting feedback from New York and mm. London and, and being able to ensure that everything is being, um, absorbed the right way and organized the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I meant to ask this earlier, but, uh, when you were bootstrapping, when you were first starting out, um, did you guys have one of the technical, were one of the co-founders technical enough to do the programming initially, or was that something that you had to find someone to do? It was our first hire, <clears throat> excuse mm. me. Um, so my, my co-founder and I are, are both not technical people. Mm. Um, so our first hire was a CTO. Okay. And uh, his name is Jason Alcock, um, mm. and he's, he's based out of the UK, and mm. He he has built our our technical architecture um, and, and 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 created our database. Mm. Um, so you know, looking back, it's worked out very well for us. But it's it's uh, it's advice that I think is very important is the the diversity of the founding team mm. um, having technical experience, legal experience yeah. is something that is very costly. Mm. It's mm. not a, we didn't anticipate it being as much of a cost mm. as it is. Um, and then obviously the, the operations and the business side, um, having that, that holism, that holistic, uh, team is really important. And that's mm -hmm. what makes a lot of these companies, I mean, Apple's obviously the best case study yeah. of all. Um, once you can put the, the, the engineer and the designer and the businessman, um, at the table, uh, you're, you're able to. To, to, to fill every gap of um, where there's you know where there's a leak from your team yeah so so yeah I think that's a, that's, a, that's a very important note hmm. Hmm. and uh, so, sort of on the other side of things we've talked a little bit about the challenges but um, as an entrepreneur what has been your highest point so far where you look at it and you're just like that is amazing that pushed us to where we are today uh, um, I think sometimes just looking at the platform and seeing new data come into it as a as a which is a result of you know our employees inputting mm -hmm. information uh it's just sometimes nice to to sit back and say wow like we've created an institution where it's mm -hmm. not just me anymore it's a number of people um who who are doing this yeah. um because for so long it was this idea that just you and your co-founder or co-founders have mm -hmm. And once you have a team, I mean, we have almost uh, 20 people now at Asoko. Wow. Um, 
it's no longer me anymore. <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of people. Yeah, and that's that's really cool to know that uh, you're responsible and and you you have a team that um, you've you've hired and incubated and help helping you fulfill your your goal. I mean, that's uh, it's so exciting. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Wow, that's uh, I'm sure that's just an amazing feeling waking up every morning. I'm amazing and sort of stressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly stressful too. There's there's the pros and there's the I won't say cons, but uh the stresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. And with that, we're going to move into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? All right, let's throw it at me. All right. Uh so what was initially stopping you from taking the step to be an entrepreneur? Um I, I think it's the security uh, you you know you have a number of of opportunities whether at your own job or other jobs um, and you that's that's steady that salary that's um, that security mm. and if you throw that away um, you're putting yourself on the table and um, you know potentially living uh, on the cheap for a while mm. and uh, you know you can't go to as many parties as you want <laughs> and uh, you you can't fly you know can't go to from take a trip from New York to Florida, even though my friends went. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's 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 part and parcel of of, of doing this. Yeah. And um, I think you know if you really want it and and you have an idea that you're confident enough about, it's a uh, it's a it's a risk worth taking. Mm. Um, I think being young is also important. Um, right now is the time where you're able to take a risk. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough I didn't have a family that uh you know kids that I needed to provide for which would be a huge pressure. Yeah. Um and you know that's something that you know hopefully it'll happen later but right now I'm I'm in the fortunate position of being flexible yeah. and uh, being able to to take a risk. Mm. So so I would say that's uh yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you stop looking at Asoko as just a project and more as an actual business? Um, I think once we got our first angel investor in, mm. uh, you then were, you had to account to an external party. Like we had a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, this needs to become profitable. This needs to, this needs to grow. Um, we have other, other stakeholders involved now, you know, mm. yeah. it wasn't just, uh, my co-founder and I. Yeah. Mm. And what quality do you have that most contributes to your success? Um, I guess I'd have to say a couple. I would have to say uh, loyalty and trustworthiness uh, mm. when you're working in a team with co-founders is is so important. Mm. Um, the the loyalty, knowing that your partner will always have your back, um, is something that keeps the cohesion. It keeps the glue of the company together. Mm. Um, and trustworthiness. I mean, both in an uh, as a personal and an, an ability way, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. so that your partner can can run the business, your partner knows how to interact with clients, your partner knows how to um to do marketing. Um I'm 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 very confident in um in my co founder in that yeah. sense and and hopefully vice versa. Yeah. Um and uh yeah I would say those are probably the two those are the two key key items that allowed us to uh to put to, to keep this going from the beginning. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, sort of conversely, what quality do you need to improve on most? Um, so I would say the ability to, um, go at things in a very step-by-step -step way. I mm. think, uh, what was probably the most interesting learning experience for me putting this together 
is the what's called the agile process, okay. um, which is the ability to it's a you know essentially a, a philosophy whereby you build something through going at it in very small stages and testing and and getting feedback and going on to the next step and testing and getting feedback and really adapting to to the direction that you should be going in. Mm. Um, that's kind of a new philosophy that has made startups quite successful. And um, I think when we first started, we very much had these ideas of doing these big bang products and spending a lot of time building this big beautiful thing that would essentially, you know, you could you can pull the rug out from under it and it would collapse mm. potentially. And I think that's a problem that a lot of startups have is yeah. spending a lot of time building uh, the Empire State Building, but but without putting the plumbing into it. Mm. Um, mm. So that took a long time to kind of adapt from that that latter concept, that you know, the this Big Bang approach to to a more agile approach. Mm. Um, and that you know a lot of debates internally with the tech team, and we want you know we we see something on the ground and we want to build something, and I have a big demand that it needs to get done, mm. um, but it, but it shouldn't. It, it, the, the actual way to go about that demand is um, testing a few different options and getting feedback, and then perhaps the demand I had wasn't even the right demand. Mm. Uh, it, it, it was slightly different, mm. uh, so. So that was um, something I really needed to grow, grow on, mm. and um, I'm, I, I think I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah. But uh, we, it's definitely something that requires um, um, a lot of thinking um, mm. to really, to really nail down. Yeah, yeah. And what's the best advice you ever received, and who is it from? Um, I think I'd say my parents. Um, obviously we went through, um, some stages during fundraising where, you know, there was uncertainty, uh, should we keep doing this? Um, you know, are, are we, are we going to be able to, to really get some, get the proper investment to, to, to go about this? And, you know, six months go by, seven months go by, eight months go by and you haven't had an income mm. and, uh, you start to, you know, get a little bit worried. And uh, question question the commitment, and uh, having a good supporting cast around is is really important. And I would say that um, fortunately, my you know my parents really provided enough um, support to just say, listen, you 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 built something quite interesting so far, mm -hmm. and you have um, good people on your team, your co-founder, your CTO. Uh, keep keep going. Keep keep you know keep putting it together and seeing what happens. Yeah. And I think that just gave me as you know, simple as an answer as that is, it, that's, that's what did it. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's always, uh, that's, that's always pretty crucial is surrounding yourself by those, those that are going to encourage you in times of difficulty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? You're still pretty young, but a younger version of yourself <laughs> just starting out. Sure. So I would say the first thing is, is, is the right partner. Um, getting the affirmation of what you want to do by actually having somebody else invest in not only in monetarily but putting their time as much as you into this idea mm. um, is the basis of building something. Mm. Um, I I don't know too many founders who are on their own um, that have really went at it on their own without putting a good supporting cast together from the beginning. Of course, there are, but. It's yeah. not something I, I would recommend from my experience. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of a step one. Um, and then um, re- really getting feedback on your idea um, from as many stakeholders as possible. Mm-hmm. So talking with a lot of people, um, ironing out the kinks, yeah. um, and after you've you've really spoken with a number of people who you consider really credible in the field that you want to operate in, mm. you'll be really confident in that idea that you have. Yeah. Um, because I've had a number of ideas that I really liked but just never went anywhere because mm. I spoke to a few people and it was kind of like, eh, you know, I never mm. got the affirmation that mm. was necessary. Mm. Um, and, you know, even you'll, you'll start something, you'll fail, that happens. Um, yeah. But I think where you you'll have the highest chance of success is if you have a you have that good team from the beginning of trusted people, whether it's one co-founder or more, mm-hmm. and you get feedback from people who are are credible and again in that in that sector that that you want to do business in, and then um, it gives you confidence, it gives you affirmation, it allows the momentum to kind of continue, um, and uh, you'll you know you'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's. I think that's very good, uh, good sort of actionable advice that you just gave us. Um, and what is one internet resource or application that you use aside from Google and aside from Asoko? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for 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 anything in specific? Uh, no, just one that you find very useful. Um, hmm. So we use a, this system called Slack which uh, was new to me, but has become quite popular, apparently. <laughs> so um, hopefully a number of your listeners uh, are familiar with it. Yeah. Um, which seems to be a, you know, a, a new way of um, uh, step up from email when it comes to mm. interacting, um, particularly in a business sense. Mm. Um, and it, I would, I'd recommend uh, your users, to, you know, who, particularly those starting their own businesses, to take a look. Yeah. Uh, and you can use it for free for, for a while. Um, mm. And it allows you to kind of segment all the different types of um, topics that you have within your company. Okay. So operations, sales, data, you know, whatever whatever topics it is. And you have kind of ongoing channels um, mm. of, of, of communication within each of these, these topics. And it's really helpful for organization. I mm. think one of the things when you're an entrepreneur is um, specifically when you get some momentum you get a ton of emails, and you. Um, I guess <laughs> one of my uh, flaws is you lose track, yeah. and um, you star some, you click through some, you you leave some unopened, and it's just a bit difficult to always um, stay stay on top of it. And mm. uh, there's a few tools out there that that are really helpful with this, um, and uh, you know Slack is one that that we use. So that's that's one uh, yeah one piece of advice. Okay. Nice. And finally, to close out the rapid fire round, do you feel like you've made it? Um, it's a <laughs> so the short answer. No, um, I think there's certainly a few things we can look at and be proud of 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 building this um, in the early stage. But we're far from having this become a truly successful company. Um, we need to really add to the robustness in our database. Um, we need to um, expand our, our client reach a lot more. Um, I think we um, we need to learn more both from our employees and help teach our, our employees uh, so that we have a, you know, we create that culture 
um, in the company, which is still you know a work in progress. We're a young company, and we have to create an identity and ensure that everybody's really bought into the concept, both um, from the business side and a and a personal side. Yeah. Um, so I guess the the definition of when you when you make it. Um, it, it, I guess there's a few answers there. There's obviously the the monetary sense when mm. um, you've you've uh, proven that you have this scalable, you know, um, high cash flow company. Mm. Uh, but then there's also um, having this really solid infrastructure of of people mm. um, that have all bought into the same mission, uh, the same task at hand, mm. know how to work with each other. Um, and this is something that I think we we're we're doing the right way. We're investing a lot into that, yeah. um, but it will still take some time. Mm. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe in a year or so, we could we can say we're a bit closer to uh, to making it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that was a great answer, and that was a great rapid fire round. Good. Um, and now, as we uh, sort of cool down, and we're about to say goodbye. I want to ask, what book would you recommend to the bandits right now? Sure. So kind of back to my answer on, on that agile philosophy, mm. I would say that the lean startup, um, yeah. by Eric Reese is, uh, I imagine you, you might've heard that a few times on yeah. your, on your show yeah. is something that's, is really useful for an entrepreneur. And yeah. I, uh, I wish I read it a bit earlier. Hmm. Um, so that's one. And, uh, otherwise I think most of the other books I'm reading are more just af- macro Africa focused at the moment. Um, okay. the resource curse by, uh, Tom Burgess is what I'm on right now, which is a very interesting book. Hmm. Hmm. Definitely, um, I've I've read the Lean Startup, but I haven't haven't yet gone into the Resource Curse. But I'll definitely check that out. Check it out, yeah. yeah. And for the bandits listening, um, all the applications, the tools that uh, Greg uses, including the uh, the books, are going to be part of his bio page when you go to knowledgebandits.com. And if you're signed up for our newsletter, we'll also send you that information too. And uh, you talked a little bit about relationships, but um, like, who are your mentors right now, and what would you say is the value of mentorship? Sure. So, yeah, mentorship is very important. We have one one thing we haven't touched on. Um, so, we have a really good advisory board in place, which is really composed of um, of, of people that we um, we really appreciate and value in, in different, um, in different ways. Um, some more focused on, on business development and marketing and who have, who have had experience being successful in other companies doing that. Um, others more on the investment side, um, and, you know, um, how, you know, understanding how our clients, um, sh- want to consume information because they've worked with our clients. Um, so, we, you know, kind of on a, on a weekly basis, we're able to have um, discussions with our advisors on where we are now, where we should be going, where mm-hmm. we made mistakes. Um, and getting to these types of advisors was really just shopping around our proof of concept mm-hmm. to as many people who we really looked up to. Yeah. And a few of them really like it. You know, and it kind of goes back to the investment uh, getting rejected. A number yeah. of people we've approached didn't have the time, didn't buy into it, whatever the reason was. Um, but a number of people did. And, um, you know, we now have about four or five advisors that we work with who help us on the tech side, on the client side, on the, on the marketing side. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's, hmm. that hits it. Yeah. And 
you talked about the advisory board. How did you go about approaching these people? Because it can be a little bit intimidating uh, in terms of trying to get that uh, advisory board together. But can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, yeah, again, I think it's just having the right expectations, uh, where you are in the beginning, where you are in the future. You know, we always had, we wanted to have Mo Ibrahim on our advisory board, as I'm sure yeah. every start, <laughs> Africa-focused startup does. Yeah. Uh, and we've asked a few of the, you know, the big <laughs> shots uh, to do it, but yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, we also, you know, that being said, those were the outliers, but we had our expectations in mind, and we spoke to a number of just um, successful businessmen out of the U.S. Uh, who, um, you know, helped work with with um, with American firms that did business in Africa. Uh, we spoke with successful CTOs of of small startups, but mm. but but did it the right way. Yeah. Um, and you know, have that's obviously hugely uh, important information on how um, a CTO of a of a startup has built their um, has built that company and and gone through all the phases of. Mm. Of having that startup go from uh, go, you know go through from uh, the early to the later stages, yeah. um, these are people that are accessible, that are in high numbers. I mean, through, if, as long as you um, are outgoing and have the ability to network, mm. uh, you'll find people who have who have done similar things to to what you're doing, and yeah. you know, and just with a different angle mm. and. Um, Getting them on board is really useful to help uh, guide you from an early stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of e- similar to the finding the investors. It's a lot of emailing. It's a lot of meeting proposals, mm-hmm. uh, and those that uh, buy into your idea will will take you up on it, and you'll mm-hmm. get rejected from others. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> great. I think that's that's great advice for anyone who's thinking about uh, putting together an advisory board is uh, focus on the value. Focus on the value that people are going to be able to give to you and also focus on what you might be able to add to their lives as well. It's a two-way street. And uh, so from your experience through your lenses, uh, working on the continent and also working out here, you've sort of, you have a very good idea of how businesses should operate on the continent. But um, in terms of the startup, the startup industry, what do you think is one thing that uh, someone in diaspora can go back and do right now? Um, I think, you know, from, from, from doing what we're doing and, and going to these conferences and really learning about some of the issues, the, the topic that's always the most interesting and that I think you'll see a number of successful players in is uh, financial inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of just really interesting firms that are leveraging all of the, you know, the, the M-Pesa type stories mm-hmm. and, and trying to build, um, you know, mobile loan facilities, um, seamless uh, mobile remittance uh, technology. Um, I just met with one company who's uh, who's doing um, consumer loans through uh, through the through smartphones, mm. um, where they assess your spending patterns and provide a loan facility based on your your mobile spending patterns. Yeah. Um, given access to finance right now, uh, particularly for SMEs and for consumers, it's it's a very difficult environment through a number of African countries, and mm-hmm. these types of technologies are going to this is what the whole leapfrogging story is always about, hmm. you know, and there'll be a lot of people who, who hit it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really interested in, in seeing who does. <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, I think that's great actionable advice. If you're uh, uh, if you're listening and you're trying to find out a way that you can get involved in the African fintech space, uh, just take take Greg's advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I you know if I had some money, I'd invest as well in, uh, in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, just to uh, to sort of close out this uh, this section, uh, what advice would you give to some of the bandits that are listening who are afraid to take that next step that they know they should? Um, listen, I think uh, entrepreneurship is 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 not for everyone. I think mm-hmm. you it's important to have the right profile to um, to to be confident enough to take a leap and build something on your own for a prolonged period of time where there mm-hmm. are there are risks of failure. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that that, that type of uh, of a risk is um, is okay, and you're you're able to um, um, to really give up whatever it is you're focused on now and, and take a dive, mm-hmm. then I'd say do it. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's an adventure. It's interesting. Uh, you may fail, um, but then you learn from that, mm-hmm. and it's okay because. If you're young, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to have more interesting opportunities based on what you've learned from what you've done wrong. Mm. And um, I've seen it a lot, and I think most of the successful entrepreneurs that I've looked at have, have an entrepreneurial bug, and they've messed up a few times before mm. they really came to that idea that has worked. Mm. Um, so it's really about uh, being persistent and if you have that personality, that, um, that 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 with that entrepreneurial bug, then go for it because yeah. it's it's, uh, it's worth it. Hmm. Great, great. And uh, unfortunately, as we say goodbye, um, I just want to ask for those bandits that have been listening right now who are just extremely inspired by your story so far. How can they connect with you for internship opportunities with Asoko or even uh, a mentorship opportunity with you? Sure. So um, I'd be happy to to share that information uh, on that on that bio that you mentioned, um, yeah. a room, um, so they can get directly in touch with me. Mm. Uh, so I would. Um, that being said, if if they if they check out your your webpage, I can provide some information to uh, to reach out to me directly. Okay. Uh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. No problem. Yeah. Awesome. And just as we leave, it's, it's time for the final question. Uh, <laughs> so you're tasked with building the greatest business the world has ever seen. You can bring on any two people, living or dead. With you taking the lead, who would you bring on, and what would you do? <laughs> that is a tough question. <laughs> um, so I, I mean. Looking at this from a, just a very business sense, I mm-hmm. think there are a number of interesting people that I would want to work with um, yeah. more from a, uh, a philosophical sense. But I think, um, I hope it's not cliche, but uh, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, they obviously uh, did something right. And they've, they've put together organizations that knew how to scale businesses. Mm. Um, I think that type of... Uh, Advice and mentorship, and working working with people like that uh, <laughs> that would be yeah. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. what would I do? I would sit back and listen. <laughs> oh, great! That's, uh, that's exactly what I would do. Great. So there you have it: uh, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, <laughs> and Greg taking the lead. That's what it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> all right there, well, there you go well greg thank you so much this has been an amazing experience for me and i'm sure the bandits uh appreciate it as well uh, my pleasure good to good to be with you room and uh, hope to be in touch with some of the bandits definitely stay inspired cheers 
This is the Knowledge Bandits Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, or Stitcher. You can also follow Knowledge Bandits on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, Bandits, stay inspired.